Rabbi Tzvi Ashkenazi, known as the Chacham Tzvi, was the chief rabbi of the three communities of Altina, Hamburg, and Wandsbeck, Ohuf. He was one of the greatest Rabbonim and Talmidei Chachamim of his time, and was appointed to be Rav of the Ashkenazi community in Amsterdam, Holland, in the year 1710 of the Common Era. In Amsterdam, he was not destined to live long in peace because of his opposition to the Shabtai Tzvi movement. Certain wealthy, influential people who were followers of the false messiah Shabtai Tzvi created trouble for the Chacham Tzvi. They made life very difficult for him. And he was so seriously threatened that he felt it necessary to flee from the city in the middle of the night. He wandered from place to place and eventually came to Frankfurt am Main, one Arab Shabbos. Without identifying himself, he went into the base Medrash and joined a group of other wandering Jews who had come there to Daven. After Kabbalah Shabbos, some members of the Kihila invited these poor wandering Jews to spend Shabbos with them. One of the prominent members of the community in Frankfurt was Mayor Anshul Rothschild. He usually invited several poor people to eat their Shabbos meals at his house. This week the Chacham Tzvi was one of them. When everyone was seated at the finely set Shabbos table of Mayor Anshul Rothschild, the host welcomed his guests and made them feel at ease. He was then struck by the face of one of them who looked especially refined and wise. Suddenly he realized that this person was none other than the Chachum Tzvi, the chief rabbi of Amsterdam, whom he had met some years before. It was obvious to Reb Meir Anshul that the famed Chachum Tzvi did not want his identity to be known. He therefore said nothing to embarrass him and treated him the same as his other guests. After Havdalah, the Chacham Tzvi thanked his host, wished him a good vach, and left the house. Remaining alone in his study, Reb Meir Anshel began to pace back and forth. He could not get the Chacham Tzvi out of his mind. What could be the reason for the famous Chacham Tzvi to wish to hide his identity? Why would he be found with a group of poor wanderers? And the thing that bothered him above all else was the fact that, under the circumstances, he had not given the Chacham Tzvi the covet and attention due to him. He even allowed him to leave his house empty-handed. Reb Meir Anshel tried to ease his conscience by telling himself that he could not have done otherwise, for to single him out and treat him differently than the other guests would have betrayed the secret that he so obviously wished to keep. Only I could see him and talk to him privately, Reb Meir Anshel said to himself. Then a thought occurred to him. He quickly called his servant and ordered his carriage to be made ready immediately. Then he went into his study, took a purse out of a drawer, looked inside and then hurried out. He settled himself inside his comfortable carriage, took hold of the reins, 
pulled on them quickly so that the horses began to move, and off he drove. It was a lovely clear night when the Chacham Tzvi had left Mir Anshul's house. A full moon had cast its silvery glow over the homes. With his talis and tefillin under his arm, the Chacham Tzvi walked briskly along the Judenstrasse, the Jewish street, walking in the direction of the city gates. His thoughts turned to his family in Amsterdam. They were surely worried about him. He had told his wife that as soon as he would reach a safe place, he would let her know, and she would then take the children and join him. Together they would then decide what to do next. He had been full of hope that the Abishter would not forsake them. But he was still on his way. He had not yet found a safe place. His money had been used up. He would have to continue his travels on foot. It was such a pity that being separated from his family would now take longer than he had anticipated. But he was still confident that Hashem would not forsake them. The Chacham Tzvi had hardly left the city when he heard the sound of a horse and a carriage approaching. As he walked on, the carriage pulled up and stopped near him. He beheld a fine-looking Jew, still dressed in Shabbos clothes, getting out of the carriage and recognized that it was none other than Reb Meir Anshul, who had been his host for Shabbos. My dear Rabbi, began Meir Anshul, please forgive me. From the moment you left my house, I could not rest. I must admit that I recognized you as soon as I sat at my table, but as I could see you did not want your identity to be known, I felt that I had to keep your secret. In one way, I was happy to have the honor of being host to the great Talmud Chacham of our generation. But on the other hand, I was regretful that I could not pay you the respect due to you. I beg of you, Mechila, a thousand pardons. There's no need for you to apologize, Reb Meir Anshel, said the Chacham with a smile. I saw that you recognized me, and I was grateful that you did not give away my secret. Rabbi, replied Mayor Anshel, I did not follow you just to apologize to you, but I'm concerned to know why you have left Amsterdam. Is it a case of, and Yaakov went out, or, and Yaakov fled? May I ask your honor where you are now going? What should I tell you, my friend? Answered the Chacham. At this moment, I myself do not know where I'm going. It's like in the story of Hagar. The Titus says that when Hagar fled from Sarah's house, a malach of Hashem met her near a well in the desert and asked her, From where do you come and where are you going? She replied, I am fleeing from my mistress Sarah. Now, the malach asked Hagar two questions. Where was she coming from and where she was going? But Hagar only answered the first question. The fact is that when a person finds themselves in a difficult situation, where they have no choice but to flee, they know they must flee, even though they do not know yet where to. This is also the way of a Balchuva, who realizes that they are going in the wrong way. They do not yet know in which direction the right way is, but they know that they must first of all leave the wrong way on which they had previously traveled. If so, Rabbi, said Mayor Anshul, 
you probably have a long way to go. Going on foot will take much longer. Do me a favor. Accept this wallet of money. I won't miss it, but you will find it very useful. But the Chacham Tzvi refused the gift, despite the pleading of Meir Anshul. You know what Shlomo HaMelech said, said the Chacham Tzvi. He who despises gifts will live long. Seeing that he would not be able to convince the Chacham Tzvi to accept his gift, Reb Meir Anshul put the purse containing the money on the ground and said, Heaven and earth are my witnesses that I am declaring this purse of money to be Hefker. He then bid farewell to the famous Chacham Tzvi, got in his carriage, and drove homeward. The Chacham Tzvi stood for a while, thinking that it would be a pity to risk the money falling into unworthy hands. After all, if he took it, it would no longer be accepting a gift. It was abandoned property, Hefker, for anyone to pick up and keep. So the Chacham Tzvi bent down, picked up the purse from the ground, and when he opened it, he saw that it was packed full of money. The Chacham Tzvi raised his eyes and benched Reb Meir Anshul, davening to Hashem that Reb Meir Anshul should have Hatzlacha in his business affairs and that the Bracha of Hatzlacha would continue also for his children and grandchildren for all generations. This Bracha was certainly fulfilled, for from that day onward, Meir Anshul's business prospered to an extraordinary degree and the house of Rothschild became famous the world over. And so there arose a saying that Reb Meir Anshul's special hatzlacha was due to the fact that, as the Mishnah says, when describing someone who has no hope of getting their money back, he placed his money on the horns of a deer, namely the Chacham Tzvi, whose name means deer.